Welcome back to Restorative Justice Reflections, the show where we take time to analyze what's happening in media, news, sports, pop culture, and ask restorative questions to help us make sense of it all. I'm your host, David Ryan Barsega Castro Harris, and today I'm here with D.W. McCraven to discuss one of the things that's been at the center of the sports world, the suspension of John Morant as a result um, of gun possession and other things. D.W., how's it going? It was good. It was good, homie. How you doing? I am well. Um, in transparency, we have just spent the last hour and a half talking to each other about um, all the things that have been going on in DW's life and their restorative justice work. We're going to air that full conversation on Thursday. But um, DW and I connected a while ago, but um, they resurfaced on Instagram and TikTok <laughs> as the restorative homie um, sharing restorative perspectives on different things that are going on in the world. And um, as a basketball fan, uh, your perspectives on what was going on uh, with John Morant and not so much that situation, but the responses from people in the NBA and the media um, were really energizing for me. I was like, y'all, we got to have this conversation. <laughs> um, so as a recap, um, John Morant, for those of you who are uninitiated, is the point guard for the Memphis Grizzlies of the NBA. At this point, uh, two or three weeks ago, um, he was in a strip club in Denver and decided to go on Instagram Live. And during that video, he flashed a handgun. Um, the next day, the sports media world was... Um, Twitter was up in arms, right? <laughs> yeah. um, and pretty quickly, Ja put out a statement saying that he was taking time away from the team. The Memphis Grizzlies um, expressed similar sentiments and opinions started flowing. Uh, DW, yeah. when you saw this happen, uh, what was your reaction? Well, okay. I most of, A lot of the information, I sit with it. You know, but I thought to myself... I really hope that people don't head in the demonization mm -hmm. space, right? Because in athletics, specifically, it's just ath athletic culture, it has a, we have this blame thing. Someone has to be held responsible to so accountability. Someone mm -hmm. has to be held accountable to this. But rather peel back the layers and think about, as we were talking before, what does accountability look like, right? And what does this culture look like? Not an isolated incident, which I said uh, on IG. If it's not an isolated incident, how do we look at ourselves as leaders? Figure this yeah. out. Um, you know, and so when we think about a restorative process, thinking about the what happened, what was going on before, um, what was going on underneath the surface for folks, who was impacted and how, and like what needs to be done in order to make things right. I think that might be a helpful framework for us to talk through some of these things. As you were saying, like this is not an isolated incident. What did you mean by that? What I mean is that even when you go and you watch Jay Williams or Jalen Rose talk about this, mm -hmm. it's happened before. There's not the first time this, there's been guns in the league. It's, mm -hmm. you know, this person happens to be a huge superstar. Right. But it's not the first time that situations have gone down. It won't be the last time. So this tells me that in leadership, if we're thinking about restorative leadership, that there's something that's happening that needs adjusting. There's something mm. that's happening in the culture that needs to be shifted because we may not know people the way we think we know people. Because if we do, then we know that there's some sort of shift that needs to be happening. 
right? So just even thinking about that, even thinking that you're having these people coming from certain communities and you have these expectations for them and they get on this main stage, whether it be in the WNBA, whether it be in the NBA, whether it be in NCAA, because the NIL deal and people getting paid now in NCAA, shout out to, to get paid. But thinking about how do you frame this thing, having these people come from environments where they're, they have nothing that have mm-hmm. been deeply affected by caste systems. And then you're asking them to step into these very rich environments in terms of like monetarily and then behave in these culturally constricted ways in which they don't do that where they come from. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's a couple of things, right? When I think about like, a restorative process thinking about like maybe an iceberg what's on top of the surface is like behaviors yeah. that you see. So like, you know, John Morant flashes a gun on Instagram live. There have also been incidents of him allegedly right. Showing up and instigating, um, violence or, um, commotion, uh, whether at the behest of his mom, sister, or, you know, um, right. his personal honor being challenged by a 17 year old child. Right. Um, you know, we have like all of these incidents on the top and what's under the surface for him is like probably some idea of masculinity that um, is not conducive to the way that you and I um, want to move in the world. Right. But also like around that iceberg, right. The water that surrounds it are these things that you're talking about, like this culture of, um, of guns and like the way that, um, people's bodies, black people's bodies have been commodified into, um, products for, you know, multi-billion dollar corporations yes. to, to profit off of. And so when we're thinking about, you know, jaw and all the pressures that are like put on him in these situations, right? Like we can have sympathy for, um, a person who is under a, a tremendous amount of stress while still disagreeing with like the ways that he's choosing to, um, release that stress, right. Or, uh, express anger or, you know, the behaviors that led to all all of this and, you know, still acknowledge that like, there's a person there who needs, uh, love support, which, you know, is so much Mm -hmm. of what we talked about in our conversation. That's going to air Thursday. There was like a difference in the way that this incident was talked about versus many things that have happened in the past, thinking about uh, Gilbert Arenas back in the day, or Steven Jackson and Jamal Tinsley, or even Allen Iverson, although those weren't necessarily having to do with guns. And I think because there are so many more uh, black media members, there has been like a lot more of a sympathetic um, or understanding um, yeah. perspective that has been expressed publicly. And of course there have been like people who are going down that demonization route. Those aren't the Twitter spheres that like I was trafficking in, but the other <laughs> thing that I was seeing, like the, the demonization, um, the sympathy and understanding and challenge to like be better and don't lose your opportunity. There was also this undercurrent of, Hey, you made it. Like, why are you trying to be a gangster? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And, and, and me thinking about that, I was like, yo, these are whole ass human beings. You're asking mm-hmm. someone to not be themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, can you imagine? We were even talking about, we we're talking about uh, misgendering people. What I'm saying is that people, you have people not being able to be human. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and not being able to come into spaces with their entire humanity, knowing that we're built for quote unquote mistakes. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're built to be in process. So when someone comes into a space and you have this expectation, it's just, 
it can be overwhelming to have to shift everything that you know about the world. When you know every day you're taught that green lights, you go through, you go through green lights every single day for, I don't know, I don't know how old Ja is, but 22, 23, 23 years, you're going through green lights. And then one day someone says, actually, you're going to stop at this green light. I can't imagine what kind of, how the world would be blown up for you to be thinking about that and saying like, you have to do this thing. There's no easing your way into it. There's no way you can talk about it, that kind of piece. And so when I'm thinking about framing someone's humanity, when you move into these situations, it's like, how do we pay attention to all of the different circumstances that may have occurred or are happening in this moment that led up to this piece, this one thing. And then how do you hold that space and say, like you said, it's not an isolated incident. What are all these other things that happen? And how come we didn't have agreements up into that point, right? Mm -hmm. To be able to question those thoughts of why is it just this person that has this issue? It doesn't absolve them of what's happening, but how do we look at the other pieces that come into play? Because it's never just one entity. Yeah. And when we're talking about, you know, the commodification of people's bodies and their services, and, you know, when we're all participating in capitalism, all of our employers are commodifying like our time um, and labor, you know, John Morant specifically and NBA superstars as a whole, right. Are seen more than just like, the stats that you can produce on a basketball court, right? That's important, but you know, the marketing of the game. So people tune in to watch the marketing of the game. So people come and attend the game, you know, all the marketing deals that individuals might have to endorse brands, right? You know, the perspectives that each of those entities, each of those corporate entities are asking uh, these young men to take on um, is a lot. And there's not always this care for the whole person uh, built in to that process. And so when things like this happen in past circumstances, right, past circumstances, right, um, there might have been immediate suspension or immediate uh, long-term suspension, right? There might have been contracts revoked. Um, In this instance, right, the messaging that came out pretty much across the board is like, Hey, we stand by jaw. Um, and we're taking this time. He's taking this time to get help. Right. And, you know, the, as of this airing, he is due to come back from what was an eight game suspension. Um, after spending some time away, going down to a counseling center in Florida, um, and, you know, having conversations with a uh, team and league, administrators about, you know, the progress that he's made and steps that he's going to take going forward and making a public apology. Uh, All of those things have happened in, you know, the way that he's going to continue to um, live up to those agreements that he's made with people remains to be seen. But as you've witnessed all of this, like, what do you hope that people learn from this? Um, Because like, you know, I should have said at the beginning, you and I do not know the ins and outs of John Moran's life or uh, the lives of the people going uh, like who are employees of the Memphis Grizzlies or all that. And so like everything that we're saying is observation from the information available to us. And if we're wrong about uh, things, um, we own that. Um, We have limited perspective on this. But given the information that we have, what do you hope that people learn from what's happened uh, with this restorative lens? I think about how shifting from take the person out of the situation and there's no more problem Mm -hmm. or that person, that's the bad apple. 
like this theory that there's bad apples when rather there's systems that are creating these things. There are systems that are not working for people. So to understand that if there are systems that are not working for people, you're still going to have instances where this, these things occur. So if you're saying there's a lot of healing that needs to occur, what does that healing look like? Really to facilitate and be able to step into understanding that we have to have proactive um, approaches. And that's not saying the league has training programs, mm-hmm. but it's the same thing that we said about training and restorative work. It's lifelong. You don't learn about finances in two hours or two months. It's lifelong. So just really looking at things from a lens and people may already, some people may already be doing this, right? So there's not an assumption there, but taking home and understanding that there are many perspectives to this and considering what people may be holding in those moments. We don't know what job was holding. Mm-hmm. We don't know what even the newscasters were holding when they, when they got there, it could, they could have been triggered by this particular incident. And it was like, you're the blame. Right. But how to that responsibility and just understanding perspectives and then taking responsibility where where we need to. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's a whole nother conversation that's to be had about us as consumers of the product that is the NBA um, placing um, our values on people who we don't know and aren't in real relationship with like parasocial relationships real and like to protect, sorry, to project our values on these corporations or these people like probably isn't the most healthy way to move through the world. I think about Charles Barkley saying like, you know, I'm not a role model, right? Like athletes aren't role models. Like athletes are whole people who are um, moving throughout the world. You should, you as a parent or you as a, uh, a young person should be building relationships with people in your community and building that way. But yeah, still please buy my shoes. I guess like that was <laughs> Charles Barkley's message in that commercial, but uh, you know, it's on us to continue to like explicitly have these conversations within our own communities. And so when incidents like this happen, um, we have ways, we have agreements to like hold each other too, right? Yeah. And we have ways of dealing with them, right? I know within the context of the NBA handbook, there are rules about bringing guns to the team facilities. And that's not what happened in this case, or that's not what the investigation found in this place. Jaw was doing this on his own time in a strip club, but there are like morality clauses. And so like in those gray areas, um, when the conduct is detrimental to, you know, the team, the league as a whole, right? what are the things that we're going to put in place to make sure that um, these things don't happen again. And the person who has caused the harm and the people who have been impacted are getting the support that they need. Um, Mm. I'm not going to judge whether or not the process that went on uh, was restorative or not. I would lean towards not maybe fully holy, but again, like you and I don't know the ins and outs of what happened. Uh, we can only hope for the best for Ja moving forward. Um, and you know, all young people who are looking up to him and, um, everybody involved. No, I mean, I, I agree. I think there's, there's many situations even when I think about the Brittany Griner situation, which is here's this unique situation as well, where you're in this position and nobody knows what to expect. Right. Um, and there's a whole bunch of healing that needs to take place because people so many people are impacted by it, right? And and like forwarding over to, to this situation is like, you have the situation where so many people are harmed. And I'm curious, I'm just curious about how is this addressed from quote unquote top to bottom or from end to out? Yeah. Like what, what does that look like? 
And I want that for the NBA. I want that for the people who are there. Even, you know, one of the NBA players, um, Dane was saying the culture was talking about culture recently in the NBA and what that meant for Dane, you know, on a podcast. And so I think there's many perspectives that we can look at and there's not one person to blame for the situation, but there are many people that can shift and shift the camera or the lens on themselves and say, okay, what do I need to shift here? In order for these pe- for anybody to be seen, um, and f- for there to be an understanding from rookies who are coming into the league down to veterans, how can there, there's got to be some sort of shift? Because when you have what is it insanity, like doing doing the same thing twice, what's what's uh, the definition is, of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Thank you. Exactly. I, it's not an isolated incident. Same things happening over and over and over, expecting a different result. So maybe this this is the moment where they're like, okay. Let's look at this. Yeah. Well, if you want to learn more about restorative justice perspectives, there are ways to do that specifically with Amplify RJ in the show notes. You can connect with DW's work at the restorative homie um, on Instagram and TikTok, and we'll link your email in the show notes description as well. And then on Thursday, we'll be back with a full conversation with DW and myself um, exploring their journey with restorative justice work. Um, So we hope you tune in for that. As always, like, rate, subscribe, share, and all the things. DW, thank you for your perspectives right now and you know we'll talk on thursday um and hope that you all join us thanks for having me